Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Be a man. Be tough. Be sweet. No one likes a smarty pants. Don't be such a sissy. Handle it like a man. You should go on a diet. Play the field. Be sexy, but not too sexy. Show him who's boss. You're a princess. You make the money. Let him take care of you. Pick yourself up. Know your place. Keep your mouth shut. The world tells us who we're supposed to be, but it keeps changing its mind. Throughout time, throughout cultures, we can't decide what makes a man a man and what makes a woman a woman. The message, the plan, it keeps changing. But what if there was something else? What if there was something better? Something that existed since the beginning. Something untouched by time. Something true and perfect. Um, we are smack dab in the middle of a series called A Beautiful Design. And um, we have been talking about the definition of manhood and we are now switching gears and we're going to talk to the ladies a little bit, right? But before we do that, let me tell you a little story about Boudreaux. So Boudreaux and Marie are at the house and Marie passes out, right? For those of you who don't know, Boudreaux's kind of good old Cajun boy, got about a third grade education. Um, but anyway, so Boudreaux, Marie passes out and Boudreaux's freaking out, doesn't know what to do, um, freaking out. Finally, he's like, oh, 911. He picks up the phone. He calls 911. Uh, the dispatcher says, yes, this is an emergency. Can I help you? Uh, Marie done passed out on the floor. I don't know what to do. The lady said, okay, sir, calm down. We'll get somebody right to you. Tell me what street you live on. He said, oh, we live down on Eucalyptus Street. She said, yes, sir. Okay, can you spell that for me? Sir, can, can you spell that for me? Um, how about I drag her down to Oak Street and you can pick her up there? Anyway, men and women, we got, we, we got stuff. We got struggles. Uh, how many, how many, anybody here been married more than 20 years? Raise your hand. My hand's up. Look around. That's, that's some testimony right there, right? Um, and those people right there will tell you marriage is not easy. Uh, there are a few weird people on the planet that will tell you marriage is easy. And those people do a lot of weird things. I don't know what they do with their life, but it's weird because marriage is tough, right? Doing this man and woman thing and understanding and all the messages. Did you hear all the messages of the bumper video? You know, be a man, don't be a wuss. Do this. Like all these messages that are coming and you guys, the young guys in here, um, the messages that are coming at you about what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And so here's, here's a question that I really like to ask people when people will come to me with like, theology ideas or well i think that god blah 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 or i think this or i just feel like you know i just feel like god loves everybody so everybody's going to go to heaven so here's the question i would ask hey uh, based on what 
Based on what? Like, what, what do you base that upon? And, and, and really what we have to answer a lot of times, and I challenge you to consider some of the things and thoughts and patterns that you have in your head, based on what? And when we really get down to it, most of the time we go, I, I don't know, that's just the way I think, or that's just the way I feel. And how many of you know that your, your thoughts can lie to you? How many of you know that your feelings can lie to you? Right? And so we've got to find something more. And so we choose, for those who choose to be followers of Jesus Christ, we choose to base our life on what the Bible says. Now, with that said, are we ever going to run into things that we think are a little wacky new-new? Of course we are. Right? Because the Bible says these things. What are we? Origin. What are we? If you want to talk about the origin of man, we are created beings. Is the belief system of Christianity that we have a creator who created us as opposed to your, your, your uncle was a monkey, right? Or that, or that your great ancestor was some piece of slime or something, right? That's, that's the evolutionary track that we just came from nothing and nothing exists. And if that's true, then honestly, we have nothing to base our decisions upon other than majority decision. Right? We get a group of people together and we just decide the majority. And the scary thing about that is, is if you get the wrong majority, you can come up with the wrong prescription. Right? And so we choose to say, no, we are created beings created by a creator. And we were created with purpose, with meaning. There's, there's meaning and purpose. There's reason. And not only is there purpose, but there's something called design. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever, like, designed anything if anybody in here has ever designed anything and um i was really excited this week i had to give a little props to uh to don because don had the opportunity to be on sean hannity's radio show this week which is amazing right which is which is a really cool opportunity but the reason is because he's doing something called made in america which is all about american-made products and the reason that's a passion of his is because he created a machine that he manufactured that he designed right and he designed it to be this big industrial vacuum cleaner to to say it kind of crudely uh but it's it's, it's a big industrial vacuum cleaner right but if somebody took that machine and it's a big trailer and got this big yellow tank on it and it's got all this mechanical stuff and somebody said you know what we're going to use this for um, a vacuum in our house first of all how do you get it in the house Second of all, it's going to suck up the dog. It's an industrial vacuum, right? See, see the, the reality being is things are designed a certain way, and we believe you and I are designed a certain way. And if we are designed a certain way, then there's a way that we're going to work well, and there's a way that we're not, right? There, there's a way that things, but how do we decide? Based on what? What do you you base that on? And we have to go back to the designer and and, and, and scripture is the way that we understand that. So here's your first feeling that I gave you. In order for life to work, let the one who designed it define it. In order for life to work, let the one who designed it define it. And so we've been going through for weeks now, we've been going through manhood. Here's a statement that I made that no one... Literally no one on the planet can argue with because geographically, financially, socioeconomically, sociology, it doesn't matter. 
you cannot get away from these two statements. Number one, where biblical manhood flourishes, so does everything else. Where biblical manhood flourishes, so does everything else. And where biblical manhood is absent, there is pain and suffering. Go to any lower income neighborhood in the world, not in the United States, in the world. And I'll give you two characteristics of every single one of those lower income neighborhoods. You want to hear them? Number one is fatherlessness. And number two is the consumption of women. And what I mean by that is, is that women are turned into objects. Women are used and abused as opposed to being treated the way we're going to talk today about what womanhood actually was designed to do. And the reason that this is, 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 is true, the reason that God has designed it this way and, and the reason that he's put it this way is because he's trying to decide order. He's trying to put some order, right? Um, I'm, I'm sure that when they were designing the Vectron machine, they probably had all kinds of different ways they were figuring out how to do that. Some of you have businesses. Michael's got a pest control business. I'm sure the certain way that he sets up his truck, they switched it around several times for it to be, this is the best and most efficient way. Some of you are like crazy anal retentive around your garages. Come on, where are my crazy garage people? Any crazy guy? Okay, I got a couple crazy garage people, right? And there's a certain way that your garage works, right? There's a, there's a certain design of that. And so we talked about a man has given in this design, he's been given something called headship. And headship is the unique call of a man to establish order so all flourish. Catch that. So all flourish. In other words, where a man is absent and not practicing headship and where women are being consumed, in other words, they're not flourishing we have lower income neighborhoods that we see the consequences thereof. There's not a person on the planet that can argue with that. There's not, there's not a secular person out there. You know, there's not, there's not, I don't care who you are. You can't argue because we see that pattern over and over and over and over. Men do not have some innate leadership over all women. That's not what it says. It says that men have headship, and it gives two specific areas in the Bible. One is in the home, and two is in the church. Those are two places that we talked about already, right? Man was not designed to be the end-all, eat-be-all. So let's talk about womanhood and what it really means and how God designed a woman. Now, this, you got to find humor in this guy born in Mississippi sitting up here talking about womanhood. Nothing could go wrong this morning. Um, but let me give it a shot. Genesis 2. And next week, let me just say this, my wife's going to join me next week uh, to help us in this process. I'm really excited about having Jen here to kind of take this discussion a little further. Genesis 2.18 says this, The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And all the women said, amen. Right? I will make a helper suitable for him. I want you to really pay attention to that word helper because we're going to really dissect that word. But I need you to understand Adam didn't have a need. So important for that to set in in our mind. That Adam was not sitting there going, I feel lonely. I need that. No, 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 no. Adam was still in perfect communion with God. He felt no need. Right? That, that That was not the purpose here. The fundamental reason why it's not good for Adam to be alone was not because... Adam needed something fulfilled in him. Listen to me. That's consuming women. 
if the man needs the woman, he needs to use her for something. That's the consumption of women. That's not putting them in their proper place and giving them the proper honor that they should be given. Do you, you understand what I'm saying there? Right? Adam didn't have a need, but rather Adam had an inability to alone fulfill the purpose that God had designed for him. And that purpose was for them to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. And so he needed only that, not something personal. He needed to fulfill God's purpose and he needed help to fulfill God's purpose, not to fulfill anything inside of him. That is so critical for us to grasp because male or female, if you're using the other person to fulfill your needs, your relationship is unhealthy. If you are in relationship in that calling because you are together fulfilling God's purpose, now we are walking in line with what God's purpose is for marriage and relationship. So important for us to catch that. Let me keep reading. Skipping down. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep, fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. I did a lot of research on that word rib and a lot of arguments. I read all kinds of different books and commentaries and all this kind of stuff. And there's some real arguments over, does it really mean side? Does it actually mean rib? Some people argue, well, the reason it was the rib, because I don't know if you know this, but ribs are one of the only bones that can grow back, apparently, uh, kind of a deal. So there's all this discussion about probably it grew back and all this. Here's all I want to say to you is, I don't think that side or rib makes a difference. What I think makes a difference is that it was not head or foot. In other words, the woman was not taken from the top to be the top. She was also not taken from the bottom to be the bottom. She was taken from the side to be a side, shoulder to shoulder partner, valued with the same value, right? Not the same purpose, not the same design, but the same value, shoulder to shoulder. He took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. What a great moment, right? When you like to see the YouTube video of that, you know, Adam's like, mm, bounce, get down now. Like, yeah, right. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother. Listen to me. Here is the definition. How do we define marriage? Who gets to decide what a marriage is? Well, we base all of our decisions based on what the Bible says, right? Here's what it says. Here's what the design. Here's what marriage looks like. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Now, let me really accent a man leaves his father and mother. Right? He leaves his father and mother. So let me say this to all of us who are one day going to go through the process, and I've already had the opportunity to do this one, uh, that you have a son leave and get married. And at that point, he is committed by covenant to his wife, not to your family. So be careful. This is why we get the term meddling mother-in-law, meddling mom, right? Kind of a deal. There comes a point where there's a separation and we have to leave and we have to put our, 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 our focus on what that is. So he created Eve from his side, making him equal alongside, not inferior. But he creates her 
different. And I told you to pay attention to circle whatever the, the word helper. The original language, okay, the original language that it was written in, the actual word is azer. It's E-Z-E-R, but it's pronounced azer, helper, azer. Okay? When God said it's not good for man to be alone, he added, I will make a azer, a helper. That word is actually, um, historically, in our culture, we have narrowed that down to um, mean wife and mother. Right? We'll make a helper. Now, when you think about reading that word, we think about what we make out of that. Well, she's just a helper. Um, that, that, that cute little woman, she's just supposed to come alongside, do whatever the man wants. And that is why we have feminism today. Because we've made this whacked out. Because I need, listen to me, single ladies, I need you to hear something. You are already an azer, an helper. It's in you. It's already a part of what women do. Women naturally, if right now we were going to go in and have a potluck, who would be the first ones to start grabbing tables and tablecloths and chairs and then telling their husband, get over here and help Come on, because you are already an azer. You are already meant to be a helper, right? This is not, listen to me, helper is not barefoot pregnant in the kitchen, which is what we've made it historically. That's not what the scripture says. That's nowhere near the description. As a matter of fact, you have to take any word that you're going to use and you have to take it in context, right? If I just look at you and say, All right, wives, ladies, you're just supposed to be a helper. That conjures up visions of maid, right? That conjures up visions of subservient or inferior. And that's nothing about the context of this word or what God is saying. Let me say it to you this way. Take, for instance, the word fast, right? If I say to you, hey, that kid that we saw on the soccer team yesterday is really fast. You would not go, really? What's he giving up? Just like if I said, um, no, thank you, I'm not eating lunch today because I'm on a fast. You wouldn't go, really, how quick do you run the 40-yard dash? You follow what I'm saying? You understand the meaning of the word because of the context of which it is in. So we've got to look at the context of this, and the context of this helper is in Eden. It's in, it's in the Garden of Eden, and God knew that he wanted them to take dominion over the earth. He knew a battle was coming. Hear me on that. There's a battle coming. It, the, the devil would do everything he could to mess up God's creation. So there are 21, 21 occurrences of the word azer in the Old Testament. Two of them are used in referring to the woman as a helper, azer. Okay? Three times... Nations that helped Israel with military war were called Azers. It's a military term. Sixteen times it's used to describe God as a helper to Israel. Do you hear context there? This is, this is not barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. This is a military, as a matter of fact, I'm going to say it this way. She's a warrior helper. Does that change? No, we're not talking about a maid. Like, I got this picture of my wife, like, because my wife grew up doing martial arts. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, she used to teach her at the high school, and it was awesome because there was a lot of the kids that were scared of her because they found out. And every year the rumors would go, like there was one year the whole rumor was like she had gone to, and trained with Bruce Lee and 
you know, all this kind of stuff. And there were, there were these big basketball players and football players that come walking down the hallway. Oh, blippity, bleep, bleep, bleep. And Mr. Lee come out of the room and go, excuse me. Oh, Mr. Lee, I'm, my bad, man. My bad. Right? And, and so I've got this picture of my wife and my wife is standing by my side, not to serve me, not to fulfill my needs. That wasn't the point. It wasn't about Adam's needs, right? Although we do help each other in that way, the point of an Azer is to help in the purpose and calling that God has upon our lives. And it's not a helper to serve, it's a warrior. It's somebody that, I mean, ladies, you should get excited right there. To understand this is, this is a, a military term. This is a term used by God. God as an Azer is not weak or less than. Psalm 54, 4. Behold, God is my helper, my Azer. Same word. The Lord is the upholder of my life. Come on, man. How many of you know there's been a couple times your wife has just held your life up? The reality that, that if she hadn't have been there, I don't know what would have happened. I don't, I don't know where would I be. When I look at the, my life, and think about the reality of trying to do what I've tried to do in my life and try to be a pastor and all these kind of things without Jennifer Medini, that's a joke. Because she is my Azair. She is my warrior helper. Not because she cooks dinner, although she does do a really good job of cooking dinner. But because she helps to fulfill my purpose, not just my needs. Do you hear the difference there? Because when they were created, there were no needs. We now have needs. We're now sinful. So now what do we do? We now consume each other. We now look and we look across, and young people hear me on this. We look across at someone, and it's all about, if we're really, really, really honest, it's all about what that person can do for me. It's whether that person makes me feel good. It's, 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 and, and the reality being is the reason for us to decide on a helpmate the reason for us to side on somebody that we come shoulder to shoulder with and live life with is because I have some kind of purpose that I have to fill in my life. And this is the perfect person to grab their bow and arrow or their sword and come shoulder to shoulder with me. That is an Azer, ladies. That's who you are called to be. That is what it means to be a woman as opposed to some of the definitions. And, and again, you don't have to be married. Hear me, girls. Hear this. He created all women as Azers. It is your natural disposition. It is the way God designed you. And that is the way that you are designed. You can be in a nursing home and be an Azer. You can be a young girl and be an Azer because that's just the natural tendency. It's God's calling for females. It started when you were born. It's not something you can lose. It's not something that you have to wait for to begin. It is your whole life. So hear me on this. I hope I say this well. I've been practicing this all week. You ready? So we've got a struggle right now with gender identity. Because we don't know what it is that makes us male or female. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And here's the problem. What makes a male is headship and protection and provision. What makes a female or a woman is the fact that she's an Azer, an helper, a warrior helper. If you take an Azer and you change her body to look like a man, it doesn't change that she's called to be an Azer. 
And what we're seeing in our culture, what we're seeing over and over again, is as people change their identity, it doesn't get better, it gets more confusing. I know a man. I know a man who was a pastor, a brilliant pastor, way smarter than I will ever be. He was in the city of Corinth and found a rock and there was engraving on it. And because he was so biblically astute, he looked at it and went, oh my gosh, grabbed his Bible, read something, and he goes, that's from this right here. And that now got put in the museum. Like, that's how brilliant this guy is. But he had a struggle with gender identity, left his wife, moved to Amsterdam, became a woman. He now lives as a lesbian with another woman. And you go, what? And here's what I'm saying to you. is because it's not this body that makes us male or female. Do you hear me? Right? Like, well, actually, it is this body that makes us male or female. It is not this body that makes us man or woman. Do you understand? Man and womanhood is designed and defined by our Creator. And so I believe, listen, I believe that God wants women to marry and have children. But if that's the only, if the only answer that we have is that that's what, that's just, that's really when you're going to be real and significant women, right? Is when, is when you have a man. That just downplays the reality of you being an Azair. That, that down, downplays the, the fact that you were created strong. And I believe that, that that's why so many of our girls are chasing boys around. It's the Jerry Maguire syndrome, right? You complete me. And again, what is that? That's about getting my needs met. When the whole story of Scripture is for us to fulfill the purposes of God in our life. It's us overcoming sinful nature that says, give me, give me what I want as opposed to me fulfilling what it is that God wants. So Paul actually addresses and says, hey guys, if you can stay single, I'd rather you stay single. But if you can't stay away from sexual temptation, well then, you know, go ahead and get married. But I think the reason Paul says that is because he understands the reality that as an individual, you have purpose and meaning. And if it's best for you to fulfill God's purpose in a single type of a scenario, then do God's purpose First, because that's not the priority. Do you, do you hear? And we get it so jacked up because we're so needy. We're, we're, we're so, we struggle so much. Ladies, you are an Azer. You are a warrior helper. And God wants you to use your giftings today for his purposes. For what it is that he has called you to do. You have gifts that God has given you. God has strategically placed you where you are on a mission for him. And as his image bears, you represent him. You speak for him. You are his voice, his eyes, his ears, his hands. That makes every woman's life so significant. So much more empowering than the message that well, you're just supposed to cook. You're supposed to clean. How you work out the roles in your house is fine. As long as the relationship is focused on fulfilling the purposes of God. And the more you're struggling in the, your marriage, the more you have to understand you're each trying to fulfill your own needs as opposed to God's purpose for what it is that you have to do. 
the more we get off of ourselves and the fulfilling of our own needs and focus on it is, if we will start working together instead of just trying to get our needs met, we can celebrate strong women. Now, man, I say this because you need to hear this. Because we have a tendency to be insecure. <laughs> we, we, we have a tendency to be insecure. And our way of overcoming that insecurity is to be tough and big and bad and all and domineering. We've already learned one of the hurdles of manhood is selfish aggressiveness, right? And so we have this tendency to see a strong woman and kind of want to kind of squash that a little bit. And listen to me, there's nothing wrong with a great strong woman. My wife, ain't nobody going to mess with Jennifer Matheny. I'm just telling you now. (laughs) It it makes me laugh because that little tiny thing, she just strikes fear into lots of people's hearts because she's a tough little little knucklehead. She just is. But can I say this to you? When I walk in the room, she switches gears. Not in a bow down, not in a, not in a pitiful thing, but just in a, you're the man. You have headship and I submit to God so that we can fulfill the purpose. See, we, we need to not fear strong women. We need to not fear those even that are outspoken. Ladies, you just have to come to a place where you understand where you should submit in the home and in the church, where you should play that submission, and where you have the authority to be able to speak. But all of that is about us submitting it all to God's design. Does that make sense? For us to work together for God's purpose. So I broke it down this way, and this is where I want to end the kind of today's teaching. I always try to give you practical stuff, right? So, so ladies, I want to talk through some things that I think um, probably are going to step on your toes a little bit. So be prepared, you know, a little bit. But I want us to talk through some practical differences for you to be able to recognize in yourself some ways that maybe you can tre- tweak a few th- things, okay? And so, so I want to talk from the standpoint of this. A helper nurtures community and compassion in relationships. A helper nurtures community and compassion in relationships. But I think the opposite of a helper in the context of what we're talking about now is a taker. And a taker brings division and destruction to relationships. And so I want to compare, because we said Azair was used to describe God, right? To, to describe God and his relationship. I want to use some of those verses for us to walk through some differences we can see between helpers and takers to help us kind of evaluate where am I, where can I tweak some things, where can I work on some stuff. Psalm 121 two. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Here's what I would say about helpers. A helper defends and a taker attacks. A helper defends and a taker attacks. So I sat down with my wife this week and I said, hey honey, uh, help me with this a little bit because I'm going to be talking to the ladies. And most of what you're going to hear in examples are things that Jen kind of came up with and thoughts. And so one of the things she said to me was she said, you know, that whole helper taker defend or attack. Um, a lot of times women have a hard time not speak, not bad mouthing their husband to their friends. And so ladies, we can get into situations where even joking, even, even kind of you know, off the cuff and being silly and, and that sort of stuff. But what do we remember is the number one need of a man? Respect, right? 
And, and, and so in that moment, or maybe even the fact that we would criticize in front of the kids, that's not, def- that's, that's not defending, that's, that's attacking, right? And so a helper defends, a helper considers, how can I cover, the, the, the scripture talks about covering a multitude of sins, right? How, do, how can I cover instead of attacking? How can I help? Because we're trying to fulfill God's purpose. If I just focus on everything he's doing wrong, then we're nowhere near God's purpose. I'm trying to get us past these scenarios that we can fulfill God's purpose. Psalm 10 and 14 says, But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief. Take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are a helper of the fatherless. A helper cares for the oppressed. A helper cares for the oppressed. A taker is indifferent towards the oppressed. So we laughed about this one, Jen, and I thought about, well, how are men oppressed? <laughs> like, what, is, what does that look like for men to be oppressed? Well, let me, let me give you a couple thoughts. Um, do you know there's research out there? My wife found this, not me. My wife found this and says that when men get sick or have injury, they feel it more than women do. You're such a baby. Come on, right? The, 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 the lack of empathy when the big baby gets sick and wants his mama, <laughs> right? Listen to me. The reason he wants mama is just because he wants that empathy. He wants that. She used to always make that soup. She used to always, right? And then another way that your man feels oppression is he feels the weight of headship. He feels the weight of trying to be the man and trying to understand what manhood is. And I don't know. I mean, I I did that this week. I had an interaction yesterday with one of my girls that I blew it. I just totally blew it. Walked away from the moment going, you suck as a dad. Great. You get to preach tomorrow. Right? And what did I feel in that moment? I felt oppression. Like I feel like this pressure to try to be a man and a pastor and a dad and a father and so I come walking through the door feeling oppressed let me ask you a question how do you greet him how how do you you greet him do you care for the oppressed do you actually recognize that your husband needs cave time do you know what cave time is cave time is like leave me alone like my wife has gotten really good after 23 years she'll tell the girls Go away. Your dad needs some cave time. Go in your room. Go back. Go away. And she'll disappear because she recognizes in me. And listen, ladies, that's not giving in because he's a baby or this when he's sick. That's recognizing the needs and saying, if we're going to move this thing forward and fulfill God's purpose, then helpers care for the oppressed. Right? They don't, they're not indifferent towards that. Psalm 20 and, and, and 2 says, May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. A helper supports, a taker weakens. What's the biggest need of a man? What's the biggest need of a man? What's the biggest need of a man? Respect. R-E-S-B-C-T. I don't know why Aretha sang it, right? Should have been somebody else. But the man, he needs respect, right? Send me help if you're going to support him. The best way to support him is to give him respect. For some reason, ladies, we think chihuahua mode is the best way to support him. 
right? And you have to hear something there. You're not going to get a good response. It's not going to go well. Because he is going to go right back to his struggles. What are his struggles? What are his hurdles? Talked about him a few weeks ago. He's either going to go to selfish passivity. I'm out. Leave me alone. I don't have anything to do with this. I am so tired of listening to you. I'm, get in the car, drive away. Go in the room, slam the door. That's selfish passivity. Or the other one is selfish aggression. He's going to start yelling in his sinfulness. Do you, do you hear that? Right? So, so we're at war. We're battling with one another. Instead of fulfilling the purposes. Here's another one. If you're going to support him and not weaken him. Here we go. Man, do not react. I'm just helping you right now. Don't react. Stop keeping a record of wrongs. Do you remember that time you said blah, 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 blah? And he's like, no. You were wearing that blue shirt that my mom bought you. And those pair of pants. And, and we were at the... Right, come on. Listen to me, that is not going to go well. It's not going to help anything. It's not going to help. It's not going to help, right? To support instead of weaken, right? So you would like for your husband to sit down with the family and have some family Bible time. So you go to him and go, you know, I think all the other families in the, in the church have Bible time. How come we don't have Bible time? Well, that's supportive. Right? No, 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 no. Listen to me, ladies. Let me help you. Let me coach you a little bit. Hey, honey, is there something that I could do that we could change the schedule a little bit? Can I cook dinner a little earlier? Is there something I can help you to change up that we could actually put some time in for us to read the Bible together as a family? You know what a man's going to do? You know what? Uh, let me see if I... Because we want to fix. We're fixers. Right? Well, let me see if I can adjust this. And t- He's going to jump right. Do you hear the difference between support and weaken? Right? Do you, do you hear the difference of, of how we approach one another in that? Psalm 70 and 5 says, But I am poor and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my deliverer, O Lord. Do not delay. Helpers deliver from distress takers cause distress what did we just say your man feels oppressed he's feeling struggle as we interact with that right listen to me azares learn to set aside their needs for a time period i'm not asking you to do it forever but let me just ask you to consider to be wise when you approach things Right after he walks through the door is the perfect time to drop a bomb. Not. Right? He's walking through the door and he's got his sword. You know that sword he's been trying to use all day to conquer the world and conquer his own demons and his own struggles and his own feeling of insecurity and this failure and that failure. And Right? I'm walking through the door yesterday having just failed as a father. Right? And then here I come and I walk through the door. How come you didn't take the garbage out? Here, I'll take the garbage out, throw it out the front yard. You're not going to get a good response. You hear what I'm saying to you? Like at, at, at some point, listen, listen. Maybe we've lost an understanding that we're trying to fulfill God's purpose through this relationship. And the only way we're going to do that is if the relationship works. If we spend all of our time 
battling with each other. The devil's loving it because we're not getting anything done that he has called us to do. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Right? Psalm 72, 12 through 14. For he delivers the needy when he calls and the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. So helpers rescue. A helper rescues. A taker ignores. Let me ask you, have you gotten to the point, if you've been married for a while, that you just kind of have started to ignore those things? Those struggles that he continues with. Right? Instead of understanding that, that you're called to, to be a rescuer. You're, you're, called, you're the warrior. What's so cool about this thought is, is that a helper, think through this, a helper is not the weak person in the relationship. If somebody needs help, they're the weak person in the relationship. Ladies, you have a place of strength. I, over 18 years, 19 years, 19 years of of ministry now, I've learned to have pretty thick skin. (laughs) Right? I've been called all kinds of crazy stuff. I've been sent emails. I've been told I was a terrible pastor and I was terrible at this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I've learned to have thick skin. And I'm going to tell you right now, like nine times out of 10, people can send me something and I go, that's awesome, and throw it away. But if my wife says something to me, it's devastating. It is absolutely devastating to Mike Matheny to think Jennifer Matheny is disappointed. Or unhappy or, or, or frustrated or whatever ladies your words and you you are a warrior holding an immense amount of power an immense amount of power one word one look one suck the butter off your teeth right can change the whole dynamic of what's going on inside of him and ultimately your home. And so let me ask you to consider to be a rescuer instead of ignoring the struggle. Psalm 86 and 17, show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because of you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Wow, a a helper comforts, comforts. A taker causes discomfort. So is your home a safe place to come home to? If you want him to come home, now listen, so here's here's where we get funky with the feminism stuff. Because if you say to somebody, and I'm going to go there, this is a little dangerous. um, But if you say to someone, hey, you know, right before your husband comes home, if, if you stay home or if you beat him home or whatever, and you're, you're thinking about creating an environment for him. Would it be too much to not jump right into some sweatpants? Would it be too much to brush your hair? Like, greet him at the door? Like, get, and, 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 and stop there because in this culture, people go, whoa, whoa, now we're getting, now Pastor Mike, you're getting a little, you know, little woman. No, I'm not. A warrior does what a warrior needs to do to make sure that the job gets done. Right? And if we're going to support and love one another, and let me say the opposite way, men. If you're home first, what environment does she walk into? Does all she hear is the TV? 
Is, is your home a safe place? Are we creating? Or are we stuck in a place where all I'm doing in this relationship is getting my needs met instead of seeing us as, as a team? Does that make sense? Now, I know, and, and I'm going to jump a little bit into next week's teaching. I know you're going to get up from here today, ladies, and you're going to walk away, and there's going to be a lot of internal struggle inside of you. Because I've done a lot of stepping on your toes, right? And one of the things we're going to talk about next week that is a struggle or a hurdle, we talk about the hurdles of men, next week we're going to talk about the hurdles of women. One of those hurdles is perfectionism. Trying to make it all just right. That's why we freak out at the Thanksgiving meal. That's why we freak out when people are coming over. Don't let them in here. I haven't vacuumed yet. Listen to me. So there's a part of you that could take this message today and go really one direction or the other. You can go, well, we're beyond that. and I'm not rescuing and I'm not doing, forget it. I'm out. I'm not doing this at all. The other is for you to go the complete opposite direction and for you to go, well, man, I, I'm terrible. I got to do that and I got to do that. And, I, and, and that is not the goal of today's message. The goal of today's message is the same goal as of, of Scripture, of the Bible. Because we have the Bible, and the Bible is this perfect standard, right? Anybody out there hit it yet? Any of you guys hit it yet? i gotten close a couple times. No, I haven't. I haven't got anywhere near, right? But we don't throw out the Bible, right? We look at the Bible and say, this is something for us to keep working towards and getting better at. And let me encourage you ladies with that. The same thing for us to consider and say, where are some areas, maybe just one or two of these areas that God would bring conviction, the Holy Spirit would bring conviction on you and say, you know, I'm just going to try to do this a little bit better today. Just, just a little bit better this week, a little bit more so that I understand what it is. I'm going to just, maybe it's just working on the mentality that, well, I'm not doing that because he doesn't do this. That's, that's the needs basis, right? It's about getting my needs met as opposed to, you know, who's the, who's the most mature in a conflict? The person who steps forward first. And so I, I, I want to challenge for those of you who are married, I want to challenge you in, in the mentality of what it is that you're doing. This thing called marriage, what, what is this that y'all are doing? Because if it's just getting your needs met, can I just tell you, that person's never going to get it done. Right? There's not a person on the planet that can fill the God hole. There's not a person on the planet that can fulfill because what's inside of us is a need to fulfill what we are created to do and be who God created us to be. And the person that comes alongside of us that we stand before God and say, we're going to help each other, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder and help each other, we're doing that to get somewhere and get to a purpose. But if all I'm doing is focusing on me and mine and how come you don't do this and you didn't do this when I did and that, we're never going to get anywhere. And it's why our divorce rate is over half of divorces. Second marriages, 74% in in divorce because we've lost sight of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and what marriage is supposed to be. Does that make sense this morning? So I want to encourage you ladies, listen to me. Don't go home with your head down. Don't go home going, wow, this and that. And gentlemen, now it's my turn to look at you because I looked at the ladies and said, look, no elbows, no funny looks, nothing on the whole way home. Did you hear Pastor Mike? I told you. 
Uh, that ain't going to go well. No, let's encourage each other. Let's each encourage each other towards. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage the young people, young ladies and our singles. You are an Isaiah. You are a warrior helper meant to do great things right now, right here today. You're not waiting to become something when you get a man. You have a purpose and a design to be a helper right where God has placed you today. And one day when it's his timing and his purpose, he'll bring, if that's his calling for your life, a man that's supposed to be right for you. Amen. Let me pray for you guys today. God, thank you for this opportunity to to get in your word. And, And God, I hope that we've cleared a few things this morning, maybe sort of cleared some cobwebs out of our thinking. That, um, our culture has really kind of whacked this thing out of manhood and womanhood. And we, we want to do this well, God. We want to be the men and the women that you've called us to be. We want to live the design that you have given, the design and purpose that you have for our lives. And so, Father, um, I just pray. I, I pray first for our single ladies that are here today. And I know, God, feeling lonely is a very real feeling. Feeling that struggle, feeling less than, even feeling the pull to compromise. So would you give them strength and remind them today that they're a warrior. That you've designed them for such a time as this. To do great and amazing things now with this time period. Give them vision, God. For our ladies here that are married today. Whether it's been a year or it's been 60 years. Maybe they would consider a few areas, just a couple things to tweak. A couple things to do a little bit better, to to work in relationship and combination with their husband. So Holy Spirit, speak to each person in their life where they need to consider something they can tweak this week to be a better Azair, a better partner with their husband. For the men that are here today that are married, God, would you help us? Would you help us to support them as they try to make changes? Will you strengthen us to live out manhood as we have defined it, as you have defined it in your word? And Father, we know the more we get this right, the stronger your church is. The more we get this right, the stronger our community is, the stronger our nation is, the stronger our world, the stronger our witness comes to a world that is hurting and that needs you. So fulfill in our hearts purpose again. A focus on purpose instead of need. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.